Good morning and welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Toldos Shlishi, the third Aliyah in Pasha's Toldos. Our Aliyah is 10 Pesachim long, running from Perek Chof of Pasuk Yud Gimel to Chof Beis. The topic of our Aliyah is the wells of conflict. Let's take a look at the Aliyah in summary and then we'll think about a few basic points to ponder. So we hear that Yitzhak gets very, very rich. He becomes exceedingly successful and he has great flocks and cattle and servants and projects and the plishtim who are his neighbors start getting a little bit jealous they in fact they go and they block up all the wells that his father Avraham had dug which of course is a source of water a source of growth they 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 fill them up with dust so they shouldn't be used, be able to be used so Avimela turns to Yitzhak and he says Leich leave us you have become exceptionally successful you've become too powerful around here this by the way is in breaking of the alliance that was made between Avraham and Avimelech and the generations there afterwards. So Yitzhak leaves and he goes to Nachal Grar, the area, the valley of Grar, which is away from the city, but still in the Plishtim territory in general, which is where Hashem has commanded him to go. And he starts trying to dig the wells. So he, he digs the wells and he calls them out of the names his father had called them. So the first the first one he digs is, or his servants dig, is in the in the valley, which is, he calls it um, a well called um, Asak, because it was fought over with the shepherds of Avimelech, so that didn't work out. Then the next one he tried to was he um, was also fought over, and it he called it Sitna. And finally, he moves to another area and he digs a third well, and nobody uh, argues about it, and he calls it Rechovot because Hashem is Rechiv, Hashem has expanded. That's the word Rechovot from the word Rachav wide open he's now given us him wide open there's no argument on this very curious aliyah lots of things to think about first point over here is why are they jealous why are they jealous so the 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 Sarna points out is they had actually had the opposite tidings to that of Yitzhak Yitzhak had planted one unit and received a hundred in his fields while that was happening they were still in a state of famine that's why Yitzhak moved there and they were planting a hundred and they only received one so not only was that Yitzhak was successful, it was that they weren't successful as well. An interesting observation that I noticed in this in this point over here is that you may have thought the other way around. You may have thought, well, Avraham was the foreigner, and it makes sense that perhaps people saw him as an outsider. But Yitzhak was born in Canaan. Yitzhak grew up in the same milieu. He understood the language. He understood the accents. He understood the school systems. He understood the job market. And you may think that, well, Yitzhak's going to be successful, and they're not going to bother him because he's not a foreigner. But still you see... Whatever the person is a Hebrew, when a person represents different values, when a person represents certain morals and, co- and good conscience, they're going to still be jealous, even if you're like one of them as well, even if you grew up in the same land. Very important to remember that we can't shake jealousy because we represent something bigger. Another question over here is, why did the king ask him to move? So the Mepharshim will say that because he was concerned about his own self-image. When he says, that you become more powerful, it doesn't mean more than all of us, it means more than me. Meaning to say this is a projection of his own ego, which is expressing itself here. Perhaps I would suggest that this explains why it is that in the previous Aliyah, he was spying on Yitzhak as well. Many of the Mepharshim are very concerned in the previous Aliyah, how it is that he could have seen through the window what was going on in Yitzhak and Rivka's private bedroom. And so, um, the, the number of the Mepharshim make suggestions, whether the curtains were closed, he was spying through cracks, all kinds of suggestions the Mepharshim make. But what in the world, why is he doing that? It's because, really, he has got an ego problem. 
he is threatened by the by the being of Yitzhak and Rivka here. Yitzhak is passively too dangerous for his own success, and that's perhaps expressing itself here, where he actually gives words to that same problem. Another question that we could all, uh, point out over here is that um, is that um, why is it that they blocked up the wells? Like, what do they have against the wells? So a few things you see from here. Number one is is that you just see an interesting point that usually happens when it comes to anti-Semitism. When it comes to and this was Yitzhak was a Semit, a Philistine, not Semit. This was classic anti-Semitism in this respect. Anti-Semitism is self-destructive. A well is good for everybody. If you have a well in the area, everybody benefits. They are willing to block up the wells, which will help their own flocks, in order to spite Yitzhak. This has been a pattern which repeats itself so many times throughout the course of Jewish history. Those who are willing to kick out the Jews and destroy their economy, those who are willing to divert trains from the war front to send them to the gas chambers, just to hurt the Jews, even though it hurts themselves too. What a terrible pattern that we see emerging. Rashi points out is that they claimed it was because of military concern. The foreign armies are going to come here and camp here and they're going to have water and they're going to use it against us. You see from here an important point, and that is, is that Whenever there's anti-Semitism, there's always some sort of rational argument which is attached to it after it's done. That wasn't the point, but there's always some sort of rationale which is attached to it afterwards. We shouldn't believe that rationale. The Sorna points out that because there was a royal edict just issued against harming Yitzhak and his family, so the only alternative they had was to harm his assets, which is why they're blocking up the wells. Now the question is, is why didn't they argue with the third well? Why would they stop at that point in time? So Rashban points out it was further away. It was in a different area. But I take Misham, he went away. Put differently, I would suggest, is that it was because he conceded. It was because he looked like he had given up and moved away that they didn't fight because a lot of fights aren't just about ground, they're also about ego as well. And the interesting thing, the fascinating thing about compromise is compromise to some people whose currency is power does seem like a concession and ultimately a capitulation. But it, ironically, Yitzhak's the winner because compromise makes the compromiser the winner. Rasulajic points out that what they were intent about doing was trying to stop the continuation of Avram's legacy. They wanted the ideas, the investments that he had made to fall short. And he would, they were not successful. Yitzhak would persist until the point they would stop because he wanted to continue his father's legacy, which is expressed in him finally digging to the point that they would let him continue to his father's legacy and destiny. Those nine Torah points out over here is that the reason why they didn't block up the third well is because as we see from the next earlier, it's possible that the third well in fact was in the area of Beresheva, the well of seven, which is where Avram Avinu had made the um, cross-generational covenant between the Philistines and the Hebrews. And if they were to block that one up, it would be such an obvious re reneging upon the alliance between the Philistines and the Hebrews that then Yitzhak would be able to retaliate against them, and they didn't want that. They preferred having a situation where they could have a war of attrition and then every time Yitzhak would retaliate, they'd run to the UN and complain that Yitzhak was, was expressing aggression. It was much easier for them to pretend that the alliance was intact and, uh, and, and lob stones at him rather than actually uh, uh, clearly showing to the whole world that they don't care about the alliance in the first place. And that's why they didn't attack the third well. Seems like certain things repeat themselves in history. And finally, just like, um, one last question is, what is the meaning of the three names? So Rashi talks about the, the names um, Asek and Sitna, referring to the idea of argument, Rehovah's being openness, there's not constrictions of Machloikas. But there are the ideas, like the Balaturim, as an example, says it refers to the first three of the Galeos. Bavel is referred to Asek, Sitna refers to Persia, Sitna is actually the name of the letter sent by the Persians to allow the Jews to build the second Besamidash. 
and Greece Rechavos because the Greeks tried to persecute the Jews and specifically in the area of Mikvah. And there was miracles that HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed them uh, out to be able to go to, to perform ritual purity in the family despite their Gezeros. That's the Balaturim suggests. The Ramban and the Kleir, followed by the Kleakra, many other Mephorshim, suggest this refers to the three Beis Amikdash. The first one, uh, Beis Amikdash, was destroyed Asik because of f- hatred and fighting. The second Beis Amikdash was only allowed to be made, uh, made and created with a sitna, with the permission of the Persian government. And the third one will be Beis Hashem, wide, un- wide open and undisputed. It will be the Olmeyad for all eternity during the confines of Olamazeh. So this is perhaps a lot, a, lot, a lot over here, right, going on what was going on right there and the political ramifications of it till today, the lessons that we have to learn, and also the ideas about the future of the third best English. With this, we close the Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.